Joining us now on the uh, Harbor One Hotline, not only to take a walk back down memory lane in 2003, but maybe talk about some of the current day stuff as he does on Fox Sports, is uh, former Patriots assistant and former NFL head coach Eric Mangini with Gresh and Fourier. Eric, good afternoon. Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're uh, we're real good, and we have had a hell of a time walking down memory lane and celebrating the 20th anniversary of the 03 championship team. So, Eric, I want you to kind of walk back 20 years. <laughs> Who was Eric Mangini? What were you doing back then whenever you were in the early part of this championship run here in New England who was Eric Mangini 20 years ago in the football world? So I was the defensive backs coach. And so that season, we had one year removed from uh, winning the Super Bowl. Then we get knocked out of the playoffs, kind of worked through that. And then we go into that season and big transitions to the secondary. The guys that I was with that year, we ended up moving on from lawyer and um, drafting a couple rookie defensive backs that were end up being pretty good for us. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of transition at, at the start of that season and us figuring out how good we could be. You know, we actually uh, Ty Log joined us for one of these a uh, couple maybe about a month ago, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, uh, I'm Eric Mangini. And I'm in charge of uh, my starters. It would be like Tyrone, Tyrone Poole and uh, Ty Law. Uh, how often did you tell Ty Law to do something and then him just do the exact opposite? Like, just not because you weren't telling him the right thing. It's just because he had a mind of his own. Because he's Ty Law. Because he's Ty Law. Well, it was, Christian, it was really hard when I first got to know him. Now I'm a 28-year-old defensive back coach, and it's Ty Law. It's Lawyer Malloy. It's to Bucky Jones. They'd gone to the Super Bowl, not that, you know, not that uh, recent past. So they had that element to it. And here I was coming in as a, as a first-time position coach and younger than, than some of the guys. I was younger than Otis Smith um, and, and close to the ages of, of some of the others. So that was a, that was a hard room to manage. It was, <laughs> it was a lot easier in in year three especially after we had won the super bowl and i had built a relationship with those guys i remember with lawyer he was always you know sometimes he'd go through these phases where he's just grumpy and and i couldn't figure out what you know what the issue was and i talked to him he's like look Eric, that's just how i get through the week i'm gonna do what what i need to do i'm gonna do what you say i just need to vent and once i understood that i was like oh okay that's lawyer and then with ty uh ty was ridiculously funny, very charming, said some things that, you know, you couldn't believe, did some things that you couldn't believe in terms of, of playing, but building relationship with him and, and understanding him too eventually got us to a point where, where we worked great together. Eric Mangini is with us on our 03 Look Back with Gresh and Fourier. So, Eric, you, you talked about Ty Law. You mentioned Laura Malloy. Then we know there was the big change, and Rodney Harrison is the big guy back there at safety. How did you go about building a relationship with Rodney? I I got really really lucky in terms of the people that I that ended up getting a chance to coach because you know, to to start off with Laura Malloy and then to transition to to Rodney, 
and both incredible players. Rodney, Rodney was amazing. Rodney came into training camp. He wasn't looking to make friends. He was looking to, to start. He was looking to make meaningful contributions and he was looking to win. And he made that very clear by the way he practiced and the way he wasn't taking anything from anybody. And I think, I think he, he told the guys, Christian, he told Tom, I'm not here to make friends. Mm-hmm. I'm here to win. And, and, but you talk about a guy that would do anything you asked him to do, would play any role you asked him to play. He was better close to the box. He, he was a great blitzer. He had that presence. But if you needed him to be in the field and play cover two 50 times, he was happy to do that too. You want him to cover the best tight end? You want him to cover the best receiver? Fine. He'd do that as well. I remember in training camp, he threw out some of the young DBs during, during show team because he didn't think Tom Brady was given was be, being given a good enough look, he's like, "Get out of here! You guys aren't doing it right." And, which is which is just so. And he do it during the season too. If he didn't think that the show team was was giving a good enough look, he would throw those guys out and go back in and 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 give the look himself. I, I do remember sitting there going, "Like, dude, what are you doing out here? Like, oh, come on, like, go!" Like he's like you know because he's he's got to play the run as well and like there can't be some brother in law going on for those old guys <laughs> who just don't want to hit on a Thursday in the middle of November. Um, but I do think it's interesting that you know you speaking of Rondé, we've been talking about he came on also we've been we've been talking about his Hall of Fame opportunity. Uh, you coached him, uh, you know him, you've coached against a bunch of other guys uh, that uh, that are in the Hall of Fame. Like, what do you think his chances are? I, I I think he's absolutely a Hall of Fame safety, one hundred percent. His production in terms of sacks, his production in terms of interceptions, he he was he was a a impact player in the running game. He was a force multiplier on defense in in the sense that he made the people around him better. There were times where where we had a, a certain technique that we were playing. And Rodney would, would be playing something a little bit different or leaning one side or the other. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I knew that, you know, the tight end was going to bend this way. And at first, there's some pushback. And it's like, he was right. He, his instincts were, were so good. And then you couple that with the type of human being he was, teammate he was. I, I don't know what you're looking for in the Hall of Fame. If, if you're, you're not looking for the complete player that not only – has a huge impact in terms of statistics and on the game, and then has a huge impact in the locker room uh, in terms of, of, of making other people better. And then the selflessness combined with that. So in, in um, the one of the things that, that I was mentioning we were talking about was there is this narrative that he was a dirty player, and I played against him for seven years, twice a year. Uh, I played with them on the same team for four years. Um, I don't think he is, but I know a lot of people, there is this narrative, false, I think, that he was dirty. Have you ever seen anything that would, you know, lead you to believe that he was a dirty guy on the field? In my experience with him, never once. I never, I never saw him take cheap shots. I never saw him put, put other people in a position to where they could get hurt because of something that he did that wasn't part of the rules. I never heard him talk about, hey, I want to hurt this guy or I want to hurt that. It, 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 it wasn't even part of his vocabulary or thought process. Was he intensely competitive? Yes. Was he going to be as physical as possible? 
when he got there. Was he going to consistently hit you? Yes, and that's that. Everybody's not up for that type of noise. Everybody can't handle the turbulence that Rodney brought, and he was going to bring it every single time. And and that's a lot for for people to take. And some people want to classify that as being dirty. Never saw it. I, I would classify it as just ridiculously physical and intensely competitive. Eric, it's interesting that you mentioned the stuff from Rodney Harrison because there has to be levels of accountability on every football team. But I know there are certain people who think that, you know, if the coaches hold the players accountable, you're good. But if, you know, the players hold the players accountable and everybody can hold everybody accountable, then you got a chance to win a championship. Did Rodney sort of bring that to New England or did he add some juice to what was already there in this Patriots locker room when it came to the accountability across the board? I think he added some juice to, to what was already in the locker room. We had a lot of really not not just special players, but special people. And I, I try to explain this to, to, to people who weren't part of the locker room in terms of what the accountability was. When when our guys came in defensively, they joked about who lifted the most, who hydrated the most, who ran the most. It was it was cool to work hard. It was cool to study hard. It wasn't, hey, you're being a coach's pet. It was none of that. It was about, I'm going to set a level of excellence, and can you match the level of excellence that I'm going to set? And, and that's how guys made fun and, ki- and kidded with each other, as opposed to other locker rooms where I've been in, where it, it's not cool to work that hard. It's not cool to, to study that hard. And it, that, that's the completely wrong way to look at it. And then Rodney comes in, and, and he's had a lot of personal success, and he was willing to say, okay, I don't care about that. What do you need me to do to be part of this to make us better and to win? Yeah, we're talking to Eric Mangini. Great stuff, by the way, Eric. And I'm curious, I know what it was, what it was like that year for the players. I'm curious how challenging it was for you guys as coaches, the assistant coaches, how much – you know, because the more you win, and you know, the the closer you get to the playoffs, uh, you know, I guess the the maybe tough the tougher Bill can be. What was it like for you guys? The <laughs> demands uh, placed on you guys? Yeah, it was it was hard. I mean, we went fourteen two back to back seasons. We won three out of four Super Bowls, but the, there weren't there weren't any days off. There weren't any times where you're coming to work and like just re, you know releasing that air and and relaxing. You you knew that you you better be ready to, um, to 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 be accountable for for whatever your responsibility was, because Bill is is different than most coaches in the sense that he knows everything that's happening. He's studied offense, he studied defense, he studied special teams, he's done it for years, and and he understood everything we were doing defensively, understood what we were doing offensively. And he understood what we were doing on special teams. And there's not many head coaches that can turn on any piece of tape and understand what each person's responsibility is. And, and with a person like that comes a high level of accountability from the assistant coaches. And then there's the work ethic component. Look, Bill, Bill has been incredibly successful. He's incredibly wealthy. He's, he's had all those things. But he works the same way every day. So how as an assistant coach can you go in and not work and, and, and set that bar for yourself. And, and that's hard to do. That's a trade of Tom Brady, too. Success and fame and money. 
and the work ethic stayed, stayed the same. So that sets a, an incredibly high and demanding bar. Eric Mangini is with Gresh and Fourier on our 03 look back. Of course, he is a part of the folks and the crew at uh, Fox Sports as well. And, you know, coming off of those comments about Bill Belichick, Eric, can you even wrap your head around the possibility of Bill Belichick maybe being shoved out the door in Foxborough in a mere couple of days? Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to wrap my head around. It's hard to wrap my head around the fact that his final game could be against the Jets because obviously he has very passionate feelings about the Jets and you know the possibility of his last name being a loss against the Jets is even even more staggering to to think about. And and look, this season is disappointing on on a, a ton of levels for for New England. And especially because there's there's a brand that that New England's always represented in terms of playing smart football, playing disciplined football, playing error free football, forcing the other team into making mistakes, and and that hasn't been there. But when you make the decision to move on from a head coach, you better be pretty sure that you're going to get somebody better. And you know, unless I'm not in the building, but unless there's a strong conviction that Bill, you know, has, has had a drop off. And I know what the record says, but you know, it's, it's teams transition things, things happen. Do you have a conviction that, that you're going to go get someone better than, than Bill and, and his staff? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to make that decision lightly. Yeah. Uh, agree with you on that point. Uh, the one thing I was thinking about, so, um, minus the playoffs, okay, minus minus the playoffs back in 2003, the obvious Super Bowl, what was the most uh, memorable moment of that season if, or, or a turning point uh, where you said, okay, we got something here? Well, because remember how, how rough that started. Yeah. We let Lawyer go, and then we go and get beat up in, in Buffalo 31 to nothing, and then we end up, uh, losing to Steve Spurrier and the Redskins, you know, when they were the Redskins, the Commanders now, and we're 2-2. Two and two. We're coming off the 9-7 and seven season. I think there's a lot of people that wanted to write off that, that first year's success, that first Super Bowl, as, as sort of an, an outlier and that this is more of who we were. And then we go on that that win streak and and – what was it, 14 straight games or 12 straight games in the regular season. And then throughout that that drive, and we had two games where we shut teams out. I think the Dolphins was like 12 nothing. The Cowboys was 12 nothing. It would be Cleveland 9-3. to There's a lot of uh, really memorable defensive games. I, I, I know I'm a little bit biased, you know, having the memory <laughs> from, from that perspective. So you remember nothing from the offense and how and how so basically well, the, the the defense carried that team right is that is that, is that what I'm hearing? I, I, I'm not saying that, but if you want to look at the game against the uh, the Colts, there were four interceptions, four sacks, a forced fumble, a safety. You know, there there are quite a few. You know, in that that uh, AFC Championship game, yeah, pretty good defensive performance. Not bad. Oh but, yeah, well, one thing I. One thing I do remember about that year is also working with Asante Samuel and Eugene Wilson. I mean, here, you know, Asante ends up and, and has 
uh, a wonderful career, and, and Eugene was transitioning from corner to safety, so Eugene was with Rodney, and they were a little bit like a comedy team because Eugene had never played safety and was a rookie, and Rodney had played safety forever and was a you know grizzled vet, and so he's trying to get Eugene in the right place and coach them up and his you know, Tyrone Poole had his personality and, and his, what the things he brought. And then you had Ty and it was a lot of funny meetings, a lot of funny experiences, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of funny conversations and uh, a lot of good football. Well, this was a uh, really good chat, Eric Mangini. Thanks for uh, not only the thoughts on the now, but the walk back yeah. in uh, memory lane. This whole thing has always been... wish we had more time. Well, I do because I know there's a lot to get to. Yeah. But Eric, as I've told uh, Fourier, you know the, you're on the friends of Fourier list in terms of <laughs> having people come on to talk about this O three team. And every time when Christian says, "Oh, I wish we had more time," I say. Well, you won it in 04, so maybe we'll just reload it again next year. Eric, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. We'll catch you down the road. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me.